You are listening to a message from Bethany First Church of the Nazarene, online at bethanynaz.org. Good to, good to be with you. I want to point out something real quick here. This, this dude right here uh, is, is uh, one of my boys, and this dude right here is also one of my boys. And I, I love to talk about Jesus, but I love to talk about my family. And so let me get started talking about a story about my family. Uh, quite a few years ago, uh, I think there's a picture to, to kind of tell us how many years ago, right? That's been at least two decades ago, right? Uh, that was me and, uh, and my little, little, my youngest son, my older son, Cameron, Dawson and Cameron. And that what we would do in the summer times, many times we'd go out to, uh, to see the Red Hawks play baseball. Now, if you aren't familiar with the Red Hawks, that's the team that I guess used to be the, now it's the Dodgers or something like that. But we'd go down to the Bricktown ballpark and go watch a good baseball game. And, and so we would get to the ballpark and, and we'd, we'd get there and, and have our, uh, get, you know, get our, a little ice cream and one of those helmet things and a hot dog and some Cracker Jack or popcorn, whatever it's going to be, and get our seats. We figured out pretty quickly that it wasn't going to happen just, like it wasn't going to be a neat family moment with us all just sitting together all together, right? What was going to happen was I was going to go sit behind home plate with my son on my lap. We had, uh, we get special tickets from some of the guys on the team, and I love that. It's a real privilege. We get to sit right behind home plate and watch exactly what was going on. My wife took our youngest, the younger son, and she went to the place out there just beyond the center field home run fence. There's a, there's a green field out there. It's a grassy field. And, and Dawson would be out there playing in the grassy field, completely unaware that there was a baseball game going on. So there he was, and Amy's watching, and I'm sitting right behind home plate. Now we're watching the game. We're talking about what's going on. Cameron's asking me all kinds of questions, and, and we're, just, we're just talking through it. I could see the game. I could also, if I paid really close attention, I could see Amy and Dawson out in center field. And sometimes her countenance could tell me, I don't care how many innings are left, we're almost done. So I was like, okay, all right. And so this one particular night, about the sixth or seventh inning, somewhere in there, I said, hey, Do- hey, Cam, let's, uh, let's go out and, and visit with mom and, and Dawson for a little bit. Okay. So he popped up and we walked around and we got all the way out there to the far, you know, 180 degrees around the ball field. And, and there we are coming down onto the grass. I'm like, hey, maybe we'll catch a home run ball, right? It didn't happen that night, but, but maybe it could have happened. So when we got there, I noticed that, that Dawson... Dawson had his, his chubby little hands uh, full of grass and sticks and Cracker Jack and already been chewed bubble gum. And, and I think there was even a nub of somebody's hot dog in his hand. Like good little boy treasure stuff. I'm sure he'd stuffed some of it into his pockets because, you know, that's what we do with our treasures. We stuff them in our pockets and we get our hands full. And his, his hands were all the way full of all this stuff that he'd collected, all these wonderful treasures. And, and I'm walking down the grass and we're right next to the bullpen. And, and there were some, some pitchers out there who weren't in the game tonight. And they were, they were looking over there and enjoying him because he was, again, clueless that there was a ball game going on. And, and, and one of them, Darren Oliver, he was a pitched for the Rangers, but he was down on a little rehab assignment and, and he looked at me and it kind of caught my eye and he says, that's your boy. And I said, yeah. And he grabbed a baseball out of the bullpen and he flipped it up in the air and it landed right over the fence and right at my son's feet. And I said, Whoa, Dawson, look at that, buddy. Pick up the ball, pick up the ball. And he's, he's, he's looking at his hands and he's got all kinds of stuff in his hands. And he's, he's like, 
so he squats down and he starts to kind of grab it like this, but you know, it doesn't work really trying to hold a baseball that way. So he's, he's doing it and, and there's stuff going on in the game and there's other little kids that see there's a baseball that's been thrown out there by a big leaguer and there's all this kind of, there's a commotion, it's getting wild and, and I'm like, Dawson, hey buddy, drop the stuff, pick up the ball, Dawson, come on man, Dawson, hey Dawson, pick up the ball, Dawson! And somewhere in the middle of all my yelling and coaching to my little boy to drop the junk and get the stuff out of his hand so he could pick up a baseball. There's this, there's this moment of just a, a, a transcendent kind of moment where I just kind of transported and all the stuff's still all going on. But I'm sitting there and there isn't any doubt in my mind in that moment that I hear our God, almighty God, same one that talked to Abraham, Isaac and Jacob is talking to Brent Hardesty. And he's saying, hey, I couldn't help but hear how you're talking to your boy. I wonder if there's anything you kind of got in your hands that maybe you'd let go of so you'd have a little more room to for me. We're five weeks into a into a series where we've been presented with several false narratives that are widely accepted within our culture and, and also many times even within the church. Uh, and then we're challenged to let go of these to embrace and practice a new biblical narrative. And we've called this series, You from God's View. What do you look like? For, what does God see when God looks at us? We're, we're, we're pretty well versed in how we look at each other and what we're looking for and how we talk and how we encourage and how we share and all those kinds of things. But, but what does it really look like? What do you look like from God's view? And so for the last few weeks, we've been saying things like, we have a soul. We, you are, are an embodied soul. Can you say it with me? I am an embodied soul. Can you say it? Come on. I am an embodied soul. I'm not just a glob of cells. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made and put together by Almighty God with a with with an embodied soul that'll last forever. You have a sacred body. Kind of like that chapter. You have a sacred body. It's wonderful. It's it's incredible the way it all works, uh, and just wonderful things. You are desired. Let me say that again. You are desired. Like, God's desire for you is huge. I don't know what you're desiring right now. Maybe you're thinking, man, it's getting close to dinner time. Or, or man, I really would like to, I hope for graduation, someone gets me a new car. Or, you know, I don't know what all your desires might be, but God's desire is for you and for me. That we be in relationship with him. He made us that way and on purpose. And, and last week we heard just how very much we are loved. And, and, and Pastor Rick was careful to say he, he hoped we would go past kind of knowing that to really believe in it because it changed how we function, how we do everything that we do based on that, just really believing that we're really, really loved and desired. We sometimes look in the mirror and think, how does anybody love or have any desire? And I, my, my downfall, my I see my ugliness. I see my, I see the stuff and yeah. Well, there's a passage of scripture that we want to look at this week. Um, it's in Matthew chapter 19 
And in Matthew chapter 19, there's this, there's this fella, he's, he, it seems like he's got it all together. And in my Bible, it says he's a, a rich young man or a rich young ruler. There weren't many people who were considered rich in the time. Uh, so this is a kind of a special standalone kind of a deal where uh, he came to Jesus and said, Then someone came to him and said, Teacher, what good deed must I do to have eternal life? And Jesus said to him, Why do you ask me about what is good? There is one who is good. If you wish to enter life, keep the commandments. He said to him, which ones? And Jesus said, you shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness. Honor your father and mother. Also, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And the young man said to him, I've kept all these. Some versions say, since I was very young, I've I've kept all these. What do I still lack? What's missing? And Jesus said, if you wish to be perfect, perfect. Well, there's, a, there's, a, there's a tough one right there. If you wish to be perfect, and most of us when we think perfect, we're thinking, oh man, you know, what, what is perfect? What would the perfect version of me be? The good news is about that word perfect is that it's not about Uh, some magazine quality picture of perfect. It's not about that kind of, yes, I, I, I got a whole day or a whole week or a whole five minutes without messing up. This perfect is, is teleos, which is the the Greek there is teleos, which, which is talking about being complete about a fullness. And this guy has come to Jesus without that. He's, he's missing something. He's got a lot of stuff, but he's missing something inside. He knows he's missing something. There's just this nagging hole inside of him. But Jesus says, if you wish to be complete and full, then go, this doesn't make sense. (laughs) Go sell all your possessions, all the stuff you think is making you full. Go sell all that and give the money to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. And when the young man heard this word, he went away grieving for he had many possessions. He had a lot of stuff. There's this issue of transcendence that uh, is, a, is a pretty big deal. When we think about transcendence and, and what, uh, what's going on, I'll come back to that word transcendence. I want to talk to us about this, what the false narrative is for us this week. The false narrative uh, in, this, uh, in our chapter this week where we're talking about the fact that God, you were made for God. Would you say that with me? I am made for God. Say it with me. I was made for God. You believe that deep inside? I wasn't made for everything else. I was made for God. The false narrative uh, this week is, is that people and things can fulfill the deep longing of your soul. The most common ways the transcendent longing is, is expressed is in the search for, first of all, a soulmate. Right? I mean, kids are going to go to camp. Maybe looking for a soulmate. Maybe it'll happen. Probably not. Here's some truth. In our search for a soulmate, we're, we're putting all the pressure of, of if we have a, a part of us that's designed and made for connection with God and we try to let some other human being fill that connection, we're putting an awful lot of pressure on that person 
and ourselves, and it'll never work. You'll be like, ah, oh, well, you know, it's pretty good, but I guess we weren't soulmates. The second, uh, the second most common way that we try to fill this deep uh, longing is in is in money and material possessions, collecting some more stuff, getting it all in our pockets and getting everything full, building our kingdoms the way we want our kingdoms to to be just right. And we spend a lot of time and effort and energy and everything else. Our focus just being, oh, I got, I'm not quite there. We got to do a little bit more of this, a little bit more of that. Look, we're not quite there. Nope. Oh. And the third. Is validation from other people. I think I can say likes, loves, clicks, shares. Oh, wow. And for a minute, maybe it feels really good that someone liked what I had to say. Somebody liked my, somebody actually loved my picture. Now, here's a, here's a little tip about me. If I ever see you on Facebook and I click something, I'll bet you won't find many things that I like. I always click love. Like if it's worth a click, I'm going to click love. If it isn't worth a love, I'm just going to leave it alone. So when you see a love, it's a, my favorite color is red. And, a, and a, we're clicking on love. I just think it's worth it. We look for validation from other people. And somewhere in the midst of all that, we're, we're looking for this thing that's different. It's, it's bigger than all the, the physical stuff. And so we have this word transcendent that I mentioned just a few minutes ago. And this, this word transcendent is just, it's a word that says it's beyond or above the range of normal or merely physical human experience. Right? It's, it's all the physical ingredients perhaps were in place and then something else happened above and beyond that. It was wow moment and 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 it's it is of god in this case existing apart from and not subject to the limitations of the material universe so it's beyond us it's bigger than us it's 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 wow and fantastic and and the dallas willard tells us in 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 the book he says spiritual is not just something that we ought to be it's not something that we got to strive to be it's something that we are and you can't actually escape it and so if you're working hard and you're thinking, man, I just got to be more spiritual. You are spiritual. We were made spiritual beings. And when we try to fit all the physical stuff to somehow solve this spiritual issue. And it doesn't fit. It doesn't work. We're left frustrated. I brought, uh, I brought some friends along with me going to be up on the screen here in just a second and the, I want you to see what happens yeah, oh yeah just, just watch here just give these guys a look right have some kind of uh, vision impairment oh, it's okay you can say oh right oh yeah oh, she doesn't like those but oh yeah check this out <laughs> I just think that's awesome. This little fellow's going to do a happy dance for us. I knew all that stuff was out there. I just didn't know what it... I couldn't see it. My eyes are open now. All right, sweet baby girl. Oh, 
oh, baby. Yeah. Give me that smile and a little fist pump, right? Yes, look, that, oh, that's what I've been missing. Can you imagine being born into a world where you can't, like, you know, mom's there, you know, dad's there, you know, there's some voices you can kind of hear, but you can't really make it all out. It doesn't look clear and you're not getting the picture. And then all of a sudden there's something happens. Someone touches your life in a way and, 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 and your focus has changed and the vision has changed. Everything changed right there in that moment. So powerful, so beautiful. What if, what if we need our eyes to be opened to something beyond the physical. I think that's probably the way it is. Quite a few years ago, I was uh, leading a youth group going on a mission trip. It wasn't an NYC summer, but kids, I'll see you in Tampa at NYC, all right? I'll be there. All right, we're going to be there. Can't wait. Wouldn't miss it. (laughs) This summer, we were going on a mission trip. We went to Nassau. In the Bahamas. You're thinking, oh, mission trip to Nassau. Yeah, I know, suffering for Jesus. I'm like, yeah, I would want to tell you that we were at a different part of the island than where the cruise ships come in. We're at the back part of the island where you never see from the cruise ships. We'd worked hard. We had some, some, a bunch of people who were going to do a, 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 a construction project in the church we were at. And we had a group of people who were going to do a VBS. And the VBS was all about the Ephesians 6, the armor of God, and putting on the helmet of salvation and the breastplate of righteousness and the belt of truth and all those kinds of things. We get towards the end of the week and, and the, we've prayed, we've worked, we've studied, we've done all the stuff. We brought tubs of things with us. We don't know how many kids are showing up. We don't have any idea about those things. We showed up, we planned, we prepared and worked. Now these two young ladies, Alyssa and Lindsay, and, and one of the things that we planned for is that we're going to, we're going to, on the day when we talk about the, the, let me say, I, I guess I'm going to read it for you because I'll, I'll get this wrong. But the, the day when we're going to read about the armor of God and it says to, let's see, as for shoes for your feet, put on whatever will make you ready to proclaim the gospel of peace. I love those words. So this, that's the thing that they're going to do for that day. And there's a piece of paper with some scripture written on it, just exactly like that. And the, the plan is that, that we're going to paint these little kids' feet. And then they're going to stand up on the paper and put their footprint on there. And that's their thing they get to take home and keep forever. But as the kids filed through, there were, there were some things that started to happen that we hadn't really planned for. We'd planned hard. We'd done all the physical part. And we'd prayed an awful lot about saying, God, we really want you to show up in the middle of whatever it is that we're doing here. To make an impact. Show up. And I remember standing there with my wife and looking as, as Alyssa and Lindsay were kneeling in front of these little children. I got to tell you, these are kids that don't have shoes. And they run around all the time and their feet kind of on the nasty side. Uh, pretty dusty. A lot of them totally deformed and misshapen because they didn't wear shoes. And they didn't get a lot of physical medical help or anything like that and so so here are these two beautiful little young ladies kneeling on the ground and, and they're painting green paint on these feet and all these little kids are just tickled just laughing and giggling as their as their feet are getting tickled and they'd stand up on the paper and then they had to then they had when they sat back down we had to wash their feet and i watched these two young ladies wash these kids feet and I watched the Holy Spirit break into a VBS that we were doing for a whole bunch of other kids, break into my youth group while the Holy Spirit came. While it was really different than just washing each other's feet. And the tears streamed down faces. 
and, and, the, and the flipping back and forth between the giggling and the painting and the, and the streaming of tears while, while feet were washed in Jesus' name. And it was, a, it was just a time when the Holy Spirit showed up in the upstairs of that church on the backside of the island in Nassau. And it's a time when I can tell you that those kids will never be the same. They saw God. He, he spoke to them. He said, this is what I have for you. Look what's going on. Their eyes were opened to things spiritual in that moment. Well, we have a, a biblical narrative that, that I think uh, the biblical narrative, the one that I'd say, hey, if you let go of the, the old narrative and understand that the, that, the, that the soulmate thing and the stuff, the gathering things and the looking for validation things never going to work. Well, what we're going to put in its place is this, this biblical narrative that says only God can satisfy our longings. You were made for God. You weren't made for that stuff. That stuff was for you. But you were made for God. Only God can satisfy our longings. The longing for fulfillment is rarely debated. We all have them. Uh, We've got all kinds of longings in this world. We all long to be seen and soothed and safe and secure. We want to be significant in this world. The only way you're going to achieve that is with God satisfying those longings. The, The longing for fulfillment is rarely debated. We all have it. We all have that longing. The question is... Where will we find satisfaction? The answer, well, St. Augustine, there have been so many different uh, theologians and, and practitioners across the, across the ages who have come up with statements and said, this is the way it is. I just want to share one of them with you this morning. It's St. Augustine says, thou hast made us for thyself, O Lord, and our heart is restless until it finds its rest in thee. I would tell you that the, 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 the rich young man that came to Jesus looking for something, he was looking for that something. There was something in his soul that he was just disquieted. He was not, he was just disturbed. I've got all this stuff. I've got people that serve me. I've got all this stuff going on. Look at all this kingdom i got built around me. If something's missing. What is it? I'm going to ask this Jesus guy. Can you imagine... Standing in front of the author of life, asking how to find life. When you're standing face to face with the author of life. I don't know if the rich young ruler was was educated biblically. I would guess that he was. There's a pretty good chance that he knew Psalm 42. And a pretty good chance that his eyes just were not open to it. He'd read it. It just didn't make sense yet. It says, as a deer longs for flowing streams, so my soul longs for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and behold the face of God? And then he begins to ask a question of himself. Why, why are you down, cast down, O my soul? And why are you disquieted within me? That's the question that the rich young ruler was asking. That's it. He's saying, why? What am I missing? I got everything. What am I missing? What do I do? And the answer is simple. Hope in God. Not in your 401k. Not in your new car. Not in your new house. 
Not in the new clothes. Not in all the likes and validation that could ever come across human lips. You know what kind of validation is really good? (laughs) Is when we stand in this sanctuary and we praise God. And we validate to ourselves and, and to everyone else around us how good God is. There's some validation. Let's give that some clicks and likes, right? Hope in God. For I shall again praise him, my help and my God. The rich young ruler, he went away sad. Missed it. For whatever, for whatever reason, his eyes weren't opened that day. He went away sorrowful, still holding on to all the junk instead of picking up the, the real treasure, which is, hey, let go of all that stuff and just let me fill you. Put, some, put myself in place of all that stuff and you'll find out it fits better. You'll find out it's, it's how you were designed and how you were put together. I want to finish with a, with a story. Uh, it's a story I didn't write. Max Licato wrote it. I used to read it to my little boys a lot. It's about Wemmicks. They're little wooden people. These little wooden people that, that would run around in their little village. I don't know what the name of the village was, but they would run around in this little village. And, uh, and they did two things. They gave stars and dots. They gave shiny stars to the people who were handsome or beautiful and, and had smooth skin or fine paint. And they would put, put stars on you and say, wow, there's some, there's some validation. You look wonderful. Good job. Boom, boom, boom. And, and sometimes people would actually get more stars just because they had a lot of stars. If they could run fast or jump high or do all kinds of things, they'd get more stars. And there was some other folks. They, they got dots. They got dots because they, well, they tried to look like the the, the big ass, but they didn't and they'd trip and they'd fall and they'd scar their paint. They'd do all kinds of things. And, and so, so they'd give them gray dots and pretty soon people are running around. They're all covered with shiny silver stars or gray dots. And then, and then this little guy, his name was Punchinello. He, he sees this one young lady and this young lady's name is Lucia and he sees her and she is so attractive. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? She is so attractive to him. And, and, and he's like, what do I do? What man, how, how, how come nothing sticks to you? And she said, well, I go see Eli all the time. Who's the, the wood carver? Yeah. Go see Eli. So he resolves to do it. Takes off to go see Eli and he, he goes up the hill and he finds his place and kind of goes into the shop expecting to, to meet with Eli. And then in a moment, he gets kind of scared about all that and starts to run away. But Eli calls his name, says, hey, Punchinello. <laughs> Punchinello freezes. You know my name? Of course I know your name. I made you. I made you just the way you are. You're, you're wonderful. So special to me. <laughs> Punchinello he says, I'm really sorry about all these dots. I, I, didn't, I didn't mean to. Oh, my child, I, I know you didn't mean to. That's, let's have a look at you. He said, there's, there's this girl in town I met. I, I know. She told me you might be coming. She's been talking to me about you. <laughs> he said, I, I, how do I get rid of these? I get rid of all these dots. He said, here's the thing. They don't have to stick. They only stick if you care what other people think. But if you'll come see me every day, I'm going to, I'm going to keep reinforcing to you how special you are, how much I love you. How, oh man, you, I made you for me. 
I didn't make you for all that. I made you for me. And so, so if you'll come see me every day, I think, I think over time we'll, we'll, we'll kind of get it into your head that, that you were made for me and not for that. And here's the thing. If you don't care what those people think, those dots and stars won't stick. So they had a goodbye and Eli popped him off the wood bench and Punchinello walks out the door and he said, you know, I think he really means it. I think he really loves me. I think he made me for him. And one of his dots flew off. I want to invite us at the end of this service to an unclenched moment. What's an unclenched moment? Well, it's the kind where you take whatever's in your hand and you let it go. Right? Maybe it's the cares of the world. Maybe it's the cares of raising children. Maybe it's the cares of where I'm going to school and what I'm going to do. And maybe it's the cares of, of all the stuff and whether or not I can keep all the plates spinning. And maybe it's, I don't know what it is that consumes all of your cares. But would you just do this with me? Just let it go. All right, go ahead. We're going to need hands for this one. Let it go. And when it's, once you've shaken off whatever it is, would you just hold out your hands like this? And say, hey, Lord, I got my hands empty now. What would you like to put there in its place? I would invite you this morning to have a moment. Maybe you weren't planning on a transcendent moment this morning, but there is the God who created you, who loves you, who made you for him. Who invites you into his wood shop, invites you into his presence so that he can remind you better than I can that you were made for him and he loves you dearly. And all the opinions and all the validation and all the stuff and the great search for a soulmate can fade while you sit with the one that made you for his own pleasure and glory. Would you join me in that this morning? If you feel like you should step towards this invitation, come on, step towards it. Come step into it and come receive. And if you feel like you can do that where you're at, that's great too. But I'm praying, Lord, this morning that we would have an unclenched moment. We would just let go of all the stuff. We'd find ourselves totally loved by you. The one who made us for his very own pleasure and glory. God, help us in these moments.
back and sing glory together. Sing that. today in the Lord's house. As you leave this place, may you be reminded of exactly what God thinks of you. He loves you. So as you go out into the world, be prepared with that love that he's given to us and give it to others. Thank you for being here today. You are dismissed. You have been listening to a message from Bethany First Church of the Nazarene. Visit us online at bethanynaz.org.